I've been in ministry for about 34 years, which means I've preached about 34 Pentecost sermons. And you can bore yourself if you say the same thing every year. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> so I'm always trying to turn the text upside down and ask, like, what is it saying right now? What is it saying right now? When once again last night, one of our cities was decimated and destroyed by gun violence. What does it say right now when that was the 42nd mass shooting since Buffalo? Are you tracking that? 42nd mass shooting since Buffalo. Somebody say, Lord have mercy. I found myself these last few weeks, as you were as well, I'm sure just absolutely overwhelmed, like the world is on fire, literally the world is on fire, burning bushes, burning landscapes on fire, on fire with vitriol and violence in the public square, on fire with um, gun violence. And, like, why do you need an AR-15 rifle for anything? The deer do not run that fast. It's just, no, it doesn't make any sense. There's no hobby that requires that. Why are we trying to roll back the rights that our ancestors have lived and died for? I'm just like you, super worried. And in the context of that worry, wondering what does this word have to say to us about speaking in tongues? What does this word have to say to us about speaking in tongues? And it came to me doing my research, which I'm a nerd about biblical research. Uh, my team knows that the Acts looks like it's a book about the miracle of Pentecost. Looks like it's a book about the coming of the wind, whoosh, rushing and making a lot of noise like a tornado. It seems like it's about the miracle of fire landing on everybody. And God knows it's been used, especially in the black church, as a miracle about speaking in tongues. And if you can, yay. And if you can't, not so good. And, and if you can, yay. Someone has to interpret it for you. And blah, blah, blah. And you might pretend, and yay. Right. That's what it is. And it's a whole crazy thing about a litmus test. It seems like it's about that. But it's not. I don't think so. I think the book of Acts, and particularly this story, is about God's succession plan. I like that made you pause. <laughs> I think it's about God's succession plan. Luke has written his first gospel, and now this book to a particular person named Theophilus, which means friend of God. And it seems like that's a rich patron, and the rich patron is paid to have the history told. Like, what happened with this Jesus thing? Tell me about it. And so in the second iteration, if you will, the second part in Acts, Luke wants this mostly Jewish audience to understand that though Jesus is dead, God's not finished. Believe in the resurrection or not, Luke is saying, God is not finished because the same God who created the world with just a spoken word, the same God whose spirit hovered over the deep at creation, the same God who filled the Ha-Adam with breath, that same God that blew wisdom, Sophia wisdom, into the minds and hearts of prophets to lead God's people, the same God that can make some old people like Abraham and Sarah get pregnant, and the same God who hovered over Mary, collaborating with her to have her come to fruit with baby Jesus, that same God, that same God was not finished because death wants to kill love. 
It wasn't finished because violence wants to disrupt human life. God wasn't finished because fear causes us to just show our butts and give evil content into the world. God wasn't finished. It's what Luke wanted those disciples to know. So yes, they had an appearance with Jesus. And yes, Jesus told them, hey, 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 go to Jerusalem. Go to the place where you've gone before. And go to that room where you've met before, to that Mishkan when you've gathered before. And when you get there, I want you to stand still and wait. Because God, that same breath-giving, life-giving, life-altering, liberating God, it's a promise-keeping God. And the promise is that the Spirit is going to come. And the promise is that when the Spirit comes, you are going to have power, dynamis, power, to continue to do the work that Jesus started. Luke wants the people to know that Jesus was one in the lineage of prophets to bring God's love and justice on the earth, one in the lineage of promise-keeping, world-altering, life-changing agents of love and justice, and that just like Jesus did it, the disciples were going to do it too. They were next in line to heal the world. Can you feel what I'm saying? And so this miracle moment, this power dropping, this power surge moment is a moment of new life being given to the movement of love and justice and equipping them with spirit and tactics and tools and purpose and education and wisdom and words, prophetic words to use to convert other folks into the business of healing the world. This is God's succession plan. And in order for us to participate in it, we do have to speak in tongues. But I'm not talking about unknown tongues. That wasn't the miracle. All those weird words I read, Pamphylia and Persia and Medes and Crete, you know, those were real towns in the known world with real people in the known world who spoke real languages. The miracle of Pentecost was that those Galileans, speaking kind of bad Aramaic, said their peace and Kaede would have heard it. Said their peace and Joy would have heard it. Said their peace and Carlos would have heard it. Said their peace and me who speaks, you know, homegirl blackness sometimes would have heard it. The miracle was that there was a translation into the context of those who gathered so that they heard the good news of God's deeds of power and it was able to transform their lives, simultaneously transform the lives of all of the people gathered there. And who were gathered there were people just as strange, I mean, just as wonderful, I mean, just, <laughs> I mean, just as kooky, I mean, just as odd. I mean, just as diverse, you know what I mean, as we are. There they were. Some of them had, you know, taken a private jet <laughs> to Jerusalem because they had it like that. And somebody had come in a caravan with their kids. And somebody had come on an Uber and somebody had come on the subway. All of them had been inoculated. All of them had them in their masks. But there they were. There they all were. 
they were all there, some of them with their backpacks from Target, and some of them with their Louis Vuitton suitcases, because there was a great diversity like there is here. I know some of you have Louis Vuitton suitcases. I don't. Um, there they were, there they were, in all of their splendor, all of their joyful amazingness. There were the queer ones, and the queer ones were the butch ones, and then they were the femme ones, and they were the bears, and they were the skinny ones, and they were the tops and the bottoms. All of them were there. And the trans ones were there. I'm just saying, they were all there. And the trans ones were there. Don't tell me who you are, I'm just saying they were there. That's what I'm saying. They were all there. They were all there in their splendor. There were even straight ones there. <laughs> yes, there were five or six or 10 straight ones there. <laughs> the straight ones were men and women, and some of them didn't want to identify who they were. And they were loud, and they spoke soft, and they were big-boned, and they were tiny, and the men were strong and capable, and sometimes they were soft, and they wanted to spoon with the women, and the women were in charge, and all of them were there. They were there dressed in their prayer shawls. They were there dressed in their white linen for the summer early, but they were there. <laughs> they were all there, all there. They were there with gnarled knuckles and knees that don't quite work. They were there too young to know that they didn't have the power. They had just turned six and they were there. They were there frightened, they were there grieving, they were there with headaches, they were there with tears, they were there struggling in their body to be healthy, but they were there. And they were there because they had been told to go and they believed God enough to believe, to go, to try. They stayed in the customs of their ancestors. They sat in the space waiting for the spirit and the spirit came. It did come like a rushing wind. It did come with tornado force. It did come with veil force winds. It did come category five or six. It came with a name, no doubt. It came with fire on the arm, singeing but not burning, not consuming. It came, but not just for the 12 in the upper room. It came for the whole community. All of the people gathered around. It was for all of the people because all of the people, not just the preachers, not just the writers, not just the musicians, not just the elders and the deacons, but all of the people were required to be in the movement so it would move. All of the people with their doubts and their fears, all of them, with their lackluster prayer life, all of them with their cynicism and skepticism and their fifth shaking, what in the hell, God? All of them were required, therefore empowered, to lead. And this is us, y'all. We're required to speak in tongues. We're required to speak in the tongues of grief. We're required to speak in the tongues of hope. We're required to stand between hope and despair. We're required to speak in the tongue of what if, and we're required to speak in the tongue of oh hell no. And we're required to be prophetic in the name of Jesus and not compromise and not pretend like any gun on the street won't kill, cause it will. We're required to be multiple issued people in our faith, that we can do voting rights and 
abortion rights and gun control and anti-Asian violence stopping and queer as we want to be and Black Lives Matter and we can take care of Mother Earth. We can be complicated and powerful and wild in our organizing. We need the ones who know how to do homelessness. We need the ones who know how to do democracy. We need the ones who know how to make art. We need the ones who know how to stand up and go, I'm a child, vote for me. We need the ones who can sing and dance and write music. We need the ones who will usher. We need the ones who will make donations. We need the ones who will go to the border. We need the ones who will go to the border on the internet where Republican and Democrat can't talk anymore. You have been given power, little family. Power to speak in tongues. So that every human being, the Jews and the Gentiles, the Buddhists and the Muslims, the Zoroastrians, I don't know what they believe but them, the atheists and the agnostics, the lawyers, the teachers, the moms, the dads, the politicians, the damned NRA, so that they'll watch us and see us and hear us and be transformed, right? To be the people of God. I mean, the real, the like down to the bone, lovers of God and lovers of God's people. In every way we can do it, at work, at home, on the playground, in the streets, in our therapy offices, when we're teaching, when we're nursing, every single day, all day long, you are required to be in this movement of love and justice, of love, period. That's why the Spirit came. And it's not like they, the Spirit came and needs to show up again next year this time, or the Spirit's not here. No, the Spirit's here. Been done come, okay? Been done, been here, right? All we have to do is take a deep breath and remind ourselves that the Spirit is here. Take a deep breath and remind yourself the sacrament that is a sign and a seal of the reality, this is the sacrament, is the breathing. Just breathe in the Spirit and remind yourself that the Spirit has come. Come on now, breathe in with me because the Spirit is here. Breathe in a deep breath of Spirit power. Because we have so much work to do. <laughs>